Hello, everybody, and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Walsh Wednesday, the Reflective Series. One of the main things about this podcast is that we bring things to the heart of the music, and I am so happy to be bringing on this special guest today for you guys to check out a little sneak peek of her upcoming album. This is a really good album, and I can't wait to get into it with you guys. Today, we have pop singer-songwriter, engineer, and producer, Bree Morrissey. Bree, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. It's really good to see you. It's been a while. It's probably been since the beginning of the pandemic, I think we've seen each other. Yeah, literally. I think it's been since we had to leave for COVID. So, <laughs> yes, definitely uh, not the greatest of circumstances, but I hope that you've been all right and surviving and getting through everything. Yeah, we've been getting by. It's been nice to like be home a lot more often than if I were to be in New York, no pandemic. I've been home like so much more than I've ever actually been at school. So that's kind of nice. No, and that's very fair. So probably getting that family time has been good for you then. Yeah, it's kind of getting now I'm like ready to go. Like I'm ready to get out of here. <laughs> Understandable. Getting a little antsy and you actually are getting out of here, getting far out of here. We can talk about this briefly before we get into the music. You got a experience of a lifetime coming up. You are going to be studying abroad. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So this fall, I'm going to be going to South Korea. I'll be in Seoul. I'm going to be a visiting student at a university over there, just kind of being taking regular gen ed classes and all that. And yeah, I'm just ready to experience something new and be around people that are from a different place and also learn a new language might be fun. That would be a lot of fun. We wish you the best of luck and safe travels on that. And that's just for the semester? Yes. Very, very cool. And then you'll be back at St. Rose for your final semester, correct? Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. I hope that goes very well for you. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> yes. Here, let's talk about the first song that you're going to be playing us today. Can you tell us about Off of My Mind? Off My Mind. Off My Mind. There we go. Uh, off My Mind is very much a song about this, like learning to love yourself. You're kind of like reflecting on the past. It's very reflective on how you one used to be and how you are now and how it's like, I, I realized that I always let other people invade my mind and I would put other people before myself. And I was kind of wrote that song. I was like, there was this person I was kind of talking to and I was like, I don't want this person on my mind. I want me, only me on my mind. I like found this like sample on Splice and I actually did a good portion of production on this, which I was really proud of. Like I got pretty much the skeleton and the bare bones and all that. And then Joram just added his, you know, pieces, but it's Joram's favorite song. Yeah. I was just like, I was in my room and I was like, can't get me off my mind. Yeah, you can try. It just kind of came out of me. And so... Yeah, it's just a song about you being the main focus of your life. You're the main character. I think that's definitely a great mantra to have, uh, especially one that a lot of people, I think, had a chance to learn with the pandemic to be able to sit with themselves and to be able to refocus on themselves, kind of like how you've, right. uh, you felt that you were able to focus on yourself with this. And this is a great testament to that. So for all of you guys to enjoy and listen to now, this is Off My Mind by Brie Morrissey. Thank you. 
Used to let you live in my head rent free Used to let you in ruin my inner peace I was all for you, but you were not for me Still let you in, thought you're all I need But I took some time, got my thoughts aligned And now I can't get me off But learn to love myself when I turn 20 I don't hold myself to a high degree Just wanna be me I don't push myself to be someone else Obviously, pop singer, songwriter, engineer, and producer, you have an album coming out while you've been gone. We're really excited about that. But let's rewind a little bit. What inspired little Bray Morrissey to be a musician? What got you on this path? I don't know. I feel like my whole life, from when I was like little, I was always 
very much. Kind of like the center of attention, like, because I was the only girl in my family. I have three brothers. So I was always like a diva. Like I would have like um, a feather like neck Another thing. boa? Yeah, like a boa. And like I'd dress up and like be really extra. I don't know what necessarily happened with music because none of my family is like, none, no one's music. No one's a musician. No one like, you know, I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> um, my parents don't know anything about music. My mom's a roofer. My dad's a plumber. So, but I just like, I grew up being an Irish dancer. So I was very like accustomed to being on stage and performing. And then in elementary school, I did like choir and I really liked it. And then I got to middle school and I was really into like theater and singing. And then high school, I feel is where everything really hit for me to be like, oh, this is what I want to do. Like I want to sing and I want to perform for the rest of my life. That's awesome. And then how did you come across St. Rose's, the place to go to study music? Well, it's actually kind of weird. The night I, cause I wasn't going to go to college at all in high school. Like my senior year was really hard and I had a lot of things going on, like with like my friends and all this stuff. So I was looking, what was it? Oh, I was taking a class. That's what I forgot. I was taking a class at school and it was a music tech class with our band teacher and it was learning how to use GarageBand. And so I like started doing like production work or whatever, started writing songs. And I had a lot of like things going on with friends and I was, you know, writing about those things. And I've, I never had written a song before, but I just started kind of writing and I started singing and got like a little cheap piano and started like just coming up with stuff and then after that class like I was like oh I want to do this like something with production engineering I didn't really know what all of it entailed and then when I was looking at schools like St. Rose was just stuck out to me in regards to the fact that it's a smaller school and I could be a big fish in a little pond that's like what my mom and I always like talked about with like the Irish dance world and it's actually really weird kind of sad but the night that I found out about St. Rose and I was researching everything, like, like it was a, it was like the day that I was looking at schools was the day that I decided I was going to go. And it was also the night that my brother passed away. So it's like super weird how it all like happened. And then after like that, you know, after he passed away, I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. Right. And then I ended up just applying and I got like a really great scholarship and I'm glad that I made that decision, honestly with everything that happened and went down but i definitely feel it was meant to happen and like he was kind of the reason that like that like i feel like he was there yeah uh, when i made that decision to apply so he was still with you in a very uh divine kind of way helping to intervene and get things going on the other side but wow how powerful that is to to have happened to lead into that decision Speaking about your brother, there's a lot of influence that your brother had on this album. That is correct? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so here, here we have While You've Been Gone. This is an 11-track album, all originals by Brie Morrissey herself. And it spans a uh, lot of great different concepts and ideas. But since you brought it up already, talk about the side of it where your brother inspired things songs like while you've been gone and proud of me highlight that really really well and i i've i've had a chance to listen to this album in full already and it's a beautiful testament uh to him it's absolutely gorgeous thank you (laughs) um but yeah i wrote proud of me before i wrote while you've been gone 
my freshman and sophomore year of college, I was really, really freshman year. I was kind of like, like there's a song called Happier that I have on there. And that song kind of describes where I was my freshman year of college and my, my senior year of high school. So I was kind of like very numb and I don't really remember a lot of things that happened freshman year. So I didn't really write about Connor or that grief because I just didn't even know where to start. And then like summer going into my sophomore year, I wrote Happier and I like started writing that song. And then eventually sophomore year, right before COVID hit, I started writing Proud of Me like towards the end. Or no, right? Like actually I wrote it, I think right before we like had to go and I started writing it. It was multiple different songs before it became Proud of Me. It was different titles and all this stuff. And then after that, it was the summer of quarantine. I was in my room and there was this song that I was singing for voice lessons. Um, it was a Korean song. Um, I was decided to do songs in Korean for my foreign language. And it was this song, it was by this artist named Kim Taehyung, also known as V from BTS. And he wrote this song and I was doing, I had to do like all the translations so then I could find out like what I'm singing about. And one of the lyrics, like it doesn't translate exactly because his, his way of writing in Korean, it's almost so Korean that it's so hard to translate exactly what it means. And, but there was this one thing where he's talking about like, he's talking about photographs. Like he loves taking photos and how he's taking photos of people and it's like keeping their memory warm and keeping them there. And I just like, it struck something inside of me which then inspired the idea of like keeping someone's seat warm while they've been gone. So it inspired that. And I will 100% admit that like a lot of my music musically is inspired by beat like certain BTS songs that I've heard their chords or their key that they're in. And I'll hear that chord or I'll hear that like the chord progression in the key. And I'm like, oh my God, like I need a song that feels the way that that feels and makes me feel. And so that's when I was writing While You've Been Gone, I took chords from this other song that they had written and I changed the key to make it better for me. And then I just kind of went from there. And for the first time I was able to like write about what I was really feeling. So everything that is in that song lyrically is everything that I had been thinking for like two years, but I was never able to fully express it. And like, I wrote it within a few days I sent it to my producer, like Pink Noise or Joram. I sent it to him and I was like, so I, I wrote something and he's like, holy, he's like, this is amazing. Like, you know, we need to produce this ASAP. You know, it's so beautiful. It's very much a song that I wanted it to feel like a hug to someone that's mm. lost someone. And it doesn't have to be like a physical loss. Like they're not like, it doesn't have to be literal death. It could be just someone that you've grown apart from and you, you've, you're not really in the same place, but at some point, hopefully we'll meet again and, you know, we'll catch up where we left off. No, that's absolutely gorgeous. And listening to it, I think while you've been gone is a great way to open up this album. And I like how you bookended this album beginning and end with uh, songs thinking of your brother, your brother's name, Connor, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, funny enough. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, but that's, that's really cool. And I like how you did that. What was the spark that was like, I'm writing this album? Was it concepts and thinking about Connor and those feelings? Was it, 
you've just written a lot of songs and just want to bring them together. What was the, the moment that thought process of, yes, th- I'm making this album? The moment I wrote While You've Been Gone, I knew that that was going to be the name of the album. I was like, Mm -hmm. this is the name of my album. And I knew that right away, Proud of Me was going to be the last song on the album Mm -hmm. because I wanted it to be a full circle moment where it's like, While You've Been Gone is kind of, I think of it as, I think of tracks one and track 11, I think of those two as intros and outros. So like, While You've Been Gone. Perfectly done. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) And even if you, it's actually kind of funny, if you listen really closely to the uh, strings at the end of Proud of Me. It's the same thing as the beginning of While You've Been Gone. But I wanted to be a cool motif in regards to the fact that this album is a letter to him. It's everything I've been through since he's been gone and where I am now. And I want him to know that like, I'm okay now and I've gotten through the worst of it. And I hope that you're proud of the things that I have done and maybe even the mistakes that I've made and that you still love me and care, like whatever. It's, you know, that kind of vibe, I guess. <laughs> oh, always. I, I can imagine just shining and smiling right on down and probably very proud of the album and the work that you put in. Very, very cool. So with this album and talking about the places you've been and where you've gone as a person in that time period, can you tell us about some of the other concepts that you are writing about and singing about on this album? Yeah, so the song Bad Luck With Three uh, is a reference to a friend group I used to have in high school. It was three of us. And one of the things, I actually wrote this song, Options Off My Mind, Better This Way, were all written in the span of a month. Oh, cool. Literally like a month or two. That Because Joram came in uh, March for a week and a half. And we did like four, like four songs, we started production, and then he was here for a whole month and a week that's when we like finished the rest of the album. But while he was gone, like back in Atlanta, I wrote four songs. <laughs> Cause the whole thing is it's right after he passed away, right? So senior year, happier kind of starts there. And then bad luck with three, that song, like I said, it's about a group of three friends. And one of the things that my mom always told me when I was younger is never have a sleepover with an uneven number. Never have a friend group with an uneven number because in the end, someone's going to get hurt and someone's going to get excluded. I didn't listen and I should have because I got excluded. And um, like, I'm not even like mad about it really anymore. Um, But that writing that song, again, that was a song that like I had been waiting a long time to come to terms with and I was finally able to write it. And I feel like it's very bittersweet and very much, dang, I should have known better. I should have seen this coming and I did, but I just was so on, I was like in a high, I was in a really good place. And I didn't even realize that the friendship that we had was just slowly falling apart. Cause I was just so in a, a different, like I was focused on so many different things that I wasn't paying attention to the fact that my two friends were like drifting away and they were becoming closer. And I was kind of not a part of that anymore. Mm. And a lot of me, a part of me still like to this day is like, I really still miss that. And I don't feel like they do. I don't think mm. they care anymore, which is fine. But that's something that I had to come to terms with when I like wrote that song. Certainly. Now, when you wrote that song, you said uh, it took a while to write this. Was this also during the pandemic? Were the majority of these songs written pandemic time frame? Or when, when was uh, the time frame that you wrote these? Bad Luck with Three Options Better This Way Off My Mind. I wrote all of those this past, like, April. Okay. In the yeah. month of April. 
basically. And then last summer I wrote Settle. Well, I wrote like the chorus and then Joram and I finished writing it. Like a lot of the songs that weren't written necessarily like a few months ago, but last summer, they mm -hmm. were like, like they were kind of put on a shelf until me and him could actually get together and write it and, you know, be more specific on things. So once he finally got here, like when he came here the second time, we really hammered out the lyrics for Settle and Melody stuff but we had it pretty much like figured out what we knew we wanted the sound to be i'm like i wanted to be like the weekend like this very mm. like dark cool like vibey song curious would you say that the you know the kind of global time frame that you started writing these you know the past april and last summer do you think the you know anything to do with global circumstances and where you were and any of those feelings dealing with that contributed to being able to unlock these feelings that you've been trying to find the words for for a while i really do i don't feel like this album would have been would have been what it was if the pandemic hadn't happened which is sad to say um but i definitely feel being kind of trapped in my house and not going out allowed me to really ponder my feelings and try to understand certain feelings that I never allowed myself to feel and I just kind of put them away and put them on a shelf and from the pandemic I had my my cheap little keyboard and you know I had logic and my voice memos and I was just I was able to really like figure myself out and another thing as well with this album is when I was 17 that's when my brother passed away so when I was 17 it was like the worst year of my life right and so there's this huge turning point because like once I turned 20, I feel like I made a full recovery from when I was 17. 17 was like the hardest year. I don't know what it is, but 17 sucks. It's horrible. It's not a great time. But 20 was like when I was finally able to like find myself again after being so lost and learning to love myself. That's like one of the other things like off my mind talks about that topic. And um, I believe Bad Luck With Three mentions me being 17. Yeah, I remember hearing those references in there, and uh, I figured we figured it would be all linked together in our conversation. We find it all out. That's really impressive. I'm glad that you know, despite such a hard and negative time in just uh, history in general, you were still able to make some kind of good out of it, and you were able to use it as a catharsis. And I got to give you a lot of credit to that. And it sounds so good in the way that you were able to write it, the lyrics, and your voice in it, too, uh, displays so much passion. And you can tell that, you, you know, you, you prepped, you made this the best that it could be, and it sounded really good. I'm glad that this could come out of that time period. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad it did, too. I definitely feel a lot of chapters have closed, and I have closure for some. Others I don't, and that's like where the next album is going to come in. I want to delve into the Bad Luck With Three kind of chapter. I don't think I have gone deep enough with that yet. Like, I think there's still some unresolved, like, feelings of mine that I want to explore. So, Oh, that could be very interesting. Mm -hmm. But for now, everybody has this to check out, and they're going to have a fun time with this. All right, Bray, could we talk about the next song that we are going to be showing us today? We have Too Good To Be True. Could you tell us about that one? Too good to be true. Um, I was talking to this person and I like kind of like in Bad Luck With Three, I talk about like, um, you know, friendships that like kind of fall apart 
And after that, I kind of was left very insecure when making maybe new friends, but really like when it comes to like men um, and guys, just making me feel insecure and never giving me like the commitment that I deserve, I guess. And so when this person was talking to me, I felt like it was too good to be true and that he'll just stop talking to me or he'll just, you know, end up hurting me. And it's, it's an, it's the interlude of the album. So it's kind of the transitional point where it goes from too good to be true to gem in your eyes, um, where I kind of find that worth again, but too good to be true. It's just like all of my insecurities in one song. (laughs) And um, like the oh, literally opens up. I'm independent, but I'm feeling dependent. Like I'm very much an independent person, but sometimes I just want to be dependent on someone. Sometimes I just want to have that person, and that's I just feel a normal emotion, you know. So very interesting, and definitely I think that's something a lot of people can relate with. Past experiences and past traumas can really set that barrier when something you know actually good comes through yeah what what do you do what what do you do when that happens like I already have like I stopped talking to that person because you know they were just giving me a lot of bullshit and you know I just don't have time for games I don't have time for mind games and feeling like so insecure when they don't respond to me or when they leave me unread and so after that person I started talking to someone else and they've been nothing but so kind and so nice to me. And even though they don't reply like fast, they always get back to me. But for a minute, for like a week or two after not talking to that person, I now talking to this guy or whatever, I'm kind of like, I'm like waiting for him to like turn into a jerk or waiting for them to like turn out to be just like everybody else. So, yeah. Well, one thing's for sure. It's also finding that, uh, that language and the communication and figuring that out. Uh, and that's how relationships build and last and see how anything like that works out. I wish you the best of luck with uh, this, this certain circumstance. One thing's for sure, uh, you know, matters of the heart is a tricky thing, but it sounds like you know that you have you first and that yeah. is big at the right. very end of the day. Here, all the things that she is saying synthesize into a beautiful track we have Too Good to Be True by Brie Morrissey. I'm independent, but I'm feeling dependent. When you give me attention, want your validation. It's all just a daydream that I created And I'm just waiting for it to end Why do I do this every time?
He's been uh, name dropped a couple times already, but you have worked with Joram Motley, aka Pink Noise, uh, singer, songwriter, producer in his own right. And fun fact, the very first musical guest of Walsh Wednesday ever. Him and I were um, neighbors freshman year, and uh, we did a lot of shows together, and it's really cool to see where he's gone. And it's awesome that you had a chance to work with him on this. Can you tell us about that experience and how that was like working with Joram? Joram is literally my best friend. I've had a lot of moments where I'm like, God damn it, I wish I didn't go to St. Rose. (laughs) But I'm glad I did because I met him, and I met Alma as well. She's my manager. But like, Joram, I don't know what I would have done without him for this album. He's so brilliant at capturing emotions through, like he's able to capture like my stupid, horrible voice memo and turn it into this beautiful production or this really badass production. Um, And he's really able to amplify what I'm saying in a musical way. And the moment I met him freshman year, I was like, me and him both said, like we talked about this, like when we were, he was here back in um, May and June, he was like, I knew the moment I met you that you were going to be my life. And I was, I don't know how, but I knew that you were going to be in my life. And I'm like, that's so crazy. Cause I feel the same way. Um, but working with him was amazing. He literally lived at my house for a month and a half. He lived in my brother's room. Well, my other brother's room uh, across the hall from me. So he we would like chill out in here. We made the album in this bedroom. I recorded a lot of the process. So a lot of it's like recorded like making the songs or making the production of them so that'll be out at some point like the making of while you've been gone but he's just so amazing um i don't know how else to put it you know and i made sure when i wrote start writing settle last summer i'm like you're gonna be featured on this and you don't you don't get a say like you're gonna be featured he's like okay (laughs) so yeah (laughs) that's awesome to have that kind of dynamic with somebody to be able to just sit down and be able to trust them with you know, uh, not just a piece of art, but like essentially a piece of you, you know, and to be able to have somebody who can connect with that so well and to be able to translate that in a way that can help be more universal. You mentioned him. You mentioned your manager, Alma. Are there other people in particular that help bring this album to life? I mean, it was primarily just him and I. Uh, Bad Luck With Three, though, has some production work from this producer named um, A Bear. Uh, it's one of Joram's friends. Um, his ad is It's a Bear, I believe. A-B-A-R-E. Um, he did some production work for Bad Luck with Three. Um, he's really freaking talented. So amazing. So nice. Um, but yeah, he just laid down some different sounds and synths and stuff. So he was awesome to work with. But that's it. It was really just, it was just, oh, um, oh my God, I forgot. On Options, there's the guitar solos at the end. That's Pat that went to St. Rose. Pat Flores? Yes. Patrick Pat Flores. Flores of Bad Mothers uh, wasn't on an episode of Walsh Wednesday, but was on an episode of St. Rose Rocks. Check that out sometime. <laughs> yeah, he was on. He did the guitar at the end. So, But that's it. Just be Joram and then a few like, people here and there. But yeah. No, that's really impressive. You guys were able to put together something really cohesive and really strong. Um, I think uh, a lot of people will really really enjoy uh the sounds of all of this so brie uh we've talked about the song proud of me the, the way it kind of uh wraps up the album one really cool thing that you did with this track is you put out this very emotionally profound and beautiful music video for proud of me can you tell everybody about this 
Yeah. So I, after we released Proud of Me back on October 19, my brother and I, my brother is um, a film, well, was a film major at DePaul, he uh, directing major. We were talking and I was like, I'd love to do a music video for this when I come home um, for Thanksgiving and for like the winter break. And he was like, yeah, like we could do it and stuff. So it's very homegrown, the music video. It's very, like, it's literally shot in my house, like the house that I was raised in, you know, last house that, you know, Connor lived in. And so it's very emotional in that regard because um, it's so personal. It's, I'm literally bringing you into my house and my heart. Um, but when we were doing the shot list and figuring out visuals and what we wanted the vid video to visually say, I remember coming up with the idea of like projectors and having like home videos projected onto the walls. Um, in the song, there's a clip from one of our home videos from when I was just born. And it's my mom recording us and I, me and my brother Ronan are on my dad's lap and my brother Connor is like running around and being goofy. And my mom, she starts talking about how she has two brothers and they're gonna look over her. And you know, it's just very like, it fits so perfectly with the song. Obviously at the time my brother Nolan was not born yet. So I really have three brothers looking over me, but at the time he was not alive. So he didn't exist. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it kind of just came together with my brother Ronan. Ronan and I did it. We wrote it basically and he directed it. And we had like three people at the house. Um, and it was made by students as well. So it was, there was pretty virtually no budget for it. We all did it like, I think we paid like a hundred bucks for the gimbal for the camera and we just used a regular DSLR. So yeah, I'm really proud of how it turned out. And I was really shocked by the amount of people that watched it so fast. Like I, I think it got like 300 views in under a week or something, which was insane to me because Feels I was good, like, right? Yeah, I was like, wow, like I was so nervous putting it out because I'm like, oh, is it like not good enough? Is it not good quality? Could it be better? But people loved it and they really felt something when they watched it, which is like all I would ever want is someone, if people to feel something from what I'm making. So that was the most important thing for sure. Truly. No, I remember when I watched it, I, I could feel the love and warmth that you guys were projecting into it. And that's really awesome to hear that it was a family project. It was all in the family and that, that's really cool. And I figured it was probably your house as well, but that, just the way hearing you describe it right now just sounds and feels so welcoming and uh, just the whole thing, very powerful. So Thank you for putting that out and sharing that piece of you and your family with all of us. And for anybody who wants to check out the video, the video will be linked in the description of this podcast. Highly recommend checking that out. That's going to be lot. You'll get plenty of feels when listening to it. I, I promise you. Um, but it's, uh, it's very, very well done. So Bree, we have this music video, but do you have any other music videos lined up for the future? I do. I'm actually flying out to Atlanta the last week of July, right before Ooh. I leave for Korea. Um, Joram is living there with friends and some other producers and, you know, other business people. I'll be doing a music video for Options and Off My Mind. Um, Options was the most recent single 
Um, and I might as well just already say it because the, the album comes out tonight, but the last single of the album is going to be off my mind. So, yeah. Very, very cool. So, Brie, can you tell us about the last song that you're going to be showing us today, Settle? So, Settle, I started writing it last summer. I had, like, this random YouTube beat that I started writing it off of. And I what inspired it was I have this friend who would always ask me, like, why don't you have a boyfriend? Like, why aren't you dating anyone? I'm like, why does it matter if I'm not, if I'm dating someone or if I'm not? And so like, people always ask me that, like, why haven't you dated someone or why like this or that? Or, and it just really got me annoyed. And it really like got me, got under my skin because it's like, why should I settle for something that is less than what I deserve? Like, I don't understand why I would just go date someone and it's not, you know, going to go somewhere. I don't see a point in settling for someone that it's easy or it's comfortable. I want to be with someone because there's a challenge, but a good challenge on a toxic one, a good one. And where, you know, two people are their own holes are their own individual people. I don't need you to complete me. I'm already complete. You just compliment me and I compliment mm -hmm. you and we make each other, we make each other better and we strive to be better, you know, and that's kind of where subtle came from. It's, it's a mouthful. I feel like there's a lot like being said in all the verses. I'm kind of like not rapping, but I'm like, I'm going pretty like fast and like Rapid hard. Fire. And yeah. And so when the chorus, like I wrote that chorus and I showed it to Jordan, he's like, that's fire. Like, yeah, like there's potential there. And I said to him, I want it to be like a song that you would make, that you would produce. And it's actually funny. That was the longest song. That was the hardest song to produce. It like, we went to multiple different people to see if maybe they would produce it because Joram just couldn't come up with things. Like we had a, a song, we had a version of Settle that no one will ever hear because it was horrible. <laughs> we made it back in, fall, in the fall when we were living together on campus. I was like, this is not good. And like, you know, after like we make, like usually when we'll, we'll like make a song or something and then the following day we'll listen to it and we'll be like, oh, this is great. If it feels good the next day, then it's good. But if it feels wrong the next day, it's not good. Settle took the longest to figure out because there was just a lot to be said and we really wanted the sound to be correct. So we ended up buying a MIDI keyboard because I don't have a MIDI keyboard. And he ended up doing it all in two days, like right before he was about to leave. Or, or like a few, like he was leaving soon. So we were like, we had to get it done or we had to get it ready to be, we had to finish the mix because we were submitting it to a mastering engineer because we got a professionally mastered mm. album. Oh, that's so cool. We were on a deadline and we're like, we need to get this done. And then I ended up returning the mini keyboard after I was done with it because I didn't want to have to spend the money if I didn't have to. That is so, fair. That is yeah. fair. That's really good. And I think all the uh, time and preparation paid off with this. Hope you're happy with it because listening to it, I know I was happy. And I think all of you guys out there are going to be happy listening to it as well. So the final song that you're going to be hearing today, this is Settle by Brie Morrissey.
So, Brie, where can everybody find this album? Um, you can find it on your favorite streaming source, um, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Amazon Music, YouTube, you name it, it's probably there. Uh, I know it's not in South Korea, sadly, like not on their like streaming app, but we're working on getting it there as well. But it's on YouTube, which is everyone, you know, most countries have access to YouTube, so people can stream it there. I'm also uploading all the audio files up onto well, the official audio onto my YouTube channel so people can access it that way. Very, very cool. Bree, I think this has been a phenomenal interview and I really appreciate having you on and be able to talk about this album. Before we wrap this up, what kind of experience and overall feeling would you like an audience to get when they listen to your album? I've been saying for, I think from the beginning, I want this album to feel like a hug and to feel comforting but also still have that dynamic like having a variety of different sounds and i guess genres kind of in there mm -hmm. um, so you can have your like bad bitch moment or you can have your like you know hot girl summer moment as well i want this album to be a hug and i want it to be a reminder of your value and that it's inestimable and that you can get through these hard times you will get to the place of like off my mind you will get to those good places but you know you just have to put yourself first and you have to allow yourself to heal from whatever you've been going through well said and very well crafted again congratulations on this album i think Plenty of people should check this out. There's a lot of great things that they can get out of it, as you just said. You can check it out online. You can check it out on all those uh, platforms. And uh, we'll make sure that we have plenty of links in the description for you guys. So you don't have to, you know, don't have to go hunting. You can have it all in one place so you can find Brie and enjoy the uh, music. Brie, again, thank you so much for being on this episode of Walsh Wednesday. Congratulations, and we wish the best of luck with this release. Thank you so much for me. <laughs> Not a problem. As always, I'm Connor Walsh, and I'm glad we get to spend some time.